Hello, my name is Bob Lentz, and I want to welcome you to Front Row Church. Uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about the importance of time in your life. In 1965, a rock band called The Birds took several verses straight out of the book of Ecclesiastes, and they turned them into a number one hit. You know what that song was? It's called Turn, 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 There's a Season. And here's some of the words that I used out of the book of Ecclesiastes. It says, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, and a time to weep. And it was a song about the value of time and how our lives are often segmented by seasons that, that quickly pass away. The Bible's filled with these ideas of how quickly our life passes by us. And in the book of uh, Psalms, Psalm 90 says, help us to remember that our days are numbered and help us to interpret our lives correctly. In other words, Lord, help us to know what you want us to do with the time you've allotted to our lives. If I were to ask you to finish this sentence, what would you say? If I said time is, what would you say? Well, most of us immediately say, well, time is money or time is really important. But the truth is, you're going to find out today, the time is everything. I want you to imagine what you'd do if you received a letter from your bank this week. And the letter said, you know, from this day forward, our bank's going to deposit $86,400 into your bank account each and every morning. And then every evening at the stroke of midnight, whatever amount you didn't use, is automatically going to be withdrawn or deleted from your account. What would you do? Well, after you picked yourself off the floor, you'd probably make up your mind, I'm going to withdraw every single cent every day for the rest of my life, right? Of course you would. Now, whether you know it or not, we all have a bank account that works just like that letter. This account is a spiritual account, and it's called time. This spectacular account begins with a new balance of 86,400 seconds every day, and then it zeroes out at the end of the day. So you can't save a few seconds from today to be used for tomorrow, and you can't withdraw a few extra seconds from tomorrow to lengthen today. What would you do with your time if you knew that you only had that amount of time? Well, you'd use it wisely. You know, King David understood this concept. And listen to what he says in, in Psalm 39. He said, Lord, remind me how brief my time is on earth. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. You know, since I've been with Pip's Path, I don't have to ask the Lord to remind me of my days and how my days are numbered any longer. Pip does that for me. When Pip or any of the other partners are teaching, they use an exercise called Someday. And everybody has a sheet of paper. We've got 80 boxes on it. And you're instructed to X out each box that guarantees or that equal to your age. So this exercise reminds us that our life is fleeting and that most of us, you know, we've already spent the majority of our lives. A couple months ago, I begged Pip to put another row of boxes at the bottom of mine. <clears throat> but you know what? He didn't do it. He wouldn't do it. You know why? Nobody, nobody can give us more time than what God has already allotted to our lives. So here's what I want you to know about time. If you live your life based on someday, then someday will rob you of today. It'll rob you of your dreams of tomorrow. And ultimately, someday will take you to your grave. 
The Apostle Paul says it like this. He said, we should be careful how we live. Don't live like the foolish people do, but rather make the most out of every opportunity. And the actual Greek word that he uses there means redeem the time. Not only make the most of it, but buy it back. Capture every moment. Guard your time as though it was the most valuable possession you have. And of course, it really is. Don't wait on someday, but rather live your life today. So if time really is the most valuable possession, then how do we guard against it? Or how do we use it wisely? Let me give you three suggestions. I think these suggestions will help you figure out how to really and truly enjoy and use your time wisely. First thing is understand the value of your time. One of the first things we try to do at Pip's Path is to help you have a, a shift in your mindset. We all come in believing the old cliche that time is money. We all say that. We all kind of believe it. Now that sounds right for most of us, but the truth is time is never money because time is always more valuable than money. You can always get a new job or a new career. You can make more money. You can do all kinds of things to invest the newest gadget, make yourself a gazillionaire. But once you spend that minute, it is forever gone. Let me show you what I mean about the value of your time. If you want to know the importance of a single year in your life, ask a soldier who's just been deployed to a war zone and his wife told him we're about to have our first baby. That's the value of a year. That year is invaluable. What's the value of a single hour in your life? Well, ask the businessman whose flight was just delayed and because of that, he lost the biggest sale of his life. Hour, very important. How about a millisecond? What's the value of a millisecond? Ask an Olympic swimmer who lost the gold medal because he finished one one-hundredth of a second behind the leader. You see, time is valuable. In fact, it's more valuable than we could ever imagine. And yet our culture has embraced the concept of wasting time as like a legitimate pastime. And how often have you asked somebody, hey, what you doing? And you say, ah, oh, just goofing off, wasting a few minutes watching those TikTok videos of how cats love taking baths. And the response from your friend is, oh, hey, that's cool. So you see, uh, when you're young, you begin to think that your life is a marathon and you can waste it because you got all kinds of time. We, we, we live as if it's a long, drawn-out process. But it's much shorter than you really believe. When my father died, he was 74 years old. And I was 44, and I thought to myself, well, at least he lived a good long life. And now I'm 71, and that long life looks shorter and shorter. It's amazing how fast those years have flown by. The truth about time is very different than what we think. The New Testament says your life is like the morning fog. It's, a, it's here for a little while, then it's gone. One author said the bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. So you see, you get to decide what you do with the rest of your life. Will you use your time wisely or will you waste it foolishly? Will you do things that make a difference in this world? Or will you watch videos about cats taking baths? It's your decision. Second thing about our time is <clears throat> we need to use our time, invest our time wisely. <clears throat> Pardon me. Time really is kind of a strange commodity. If you, don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. 
In the early 70s, Jim Croce wrote a song called Time in a Bottle. It was a huge hit, even though it wasn't true. I want you to see if you remember these words. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing I'd like to do is to save every day until eternity passes away just so I can spend them with you. Boy, I can sing that to my wife, and I mean it. Cool lyrics, great sentiment, whoop, big fat lie. You see, you can't do that. You can't save time. There's only th two things you can do with your time. You can use it wisely. You can waste it foolishly. It's your choice. Remember, you're the pilot, so you get to decide what you do with your time. Now, I want you to pretend that I'm an expert in time management, and you've come to me for some tips on how to invest your time wisely. What do you think I would tell you today? I'd give you two suggestions. First, invest your time in serving others, and then invest your time in developing yourself. So what does investing our time in serving others really look like? I think there's a perfect example of that when we look at the church in the book of Acts. And Luke, uh, Luke writes in, in Acts chapter 2, and he says this about the church. He says, all the believers met together in one place, and they, they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, I'm not saying you need to sell everything you have, but the key here is they use the money for people in need. When you invest your time wisely, what you're doing is looking at your community, looking at your family members, looking at your friends, the people that surround you. And you're wondering, how can I use my investment to help them? Maybe there's a neighbor who's lost their job and they can't quite make their mortgage payment. That'd be a great investment. Or like a friend of mine who recently uh, came up uh, in their neighborhood with a family whose house had burned down, and he simply walked up and put his arm around them and said, what can I do? Investing your time wisely may mean serving in your church or developing, you know, a community center, whatever. There's a lot of, there's thousands of ways for you to use your time wisely, but you got to invest your time in serving others. All it takes is an eye to see and a will to do, and God will open the doors for you to invest your time wisely. The second area of investing your time has to do with developing yourself or having a personal growth. In Ephesians 4, the Bible says we're no longer supposed to live like babies, but instead we're supposed to grow up in every way so we can become more and more like Christ. Rick Warren, the uh, very famous pastor of Saddleback Church, said it like this. He says, when it comes to personal development in your life, you must want to grow, you must decide to grow, you must make an effort to grow, and you got to persist in growing. In other words, it takes time. It takes time to grow, but you've got to do something to grow spiritually. So if time really is everything, and if I should be using part of my time to grow in a personal sense, meaning spiritually, then what should I do with my time? How do I become more mature in my faith? Well, we don't have time to go into depth, of course, today, but there's Three suggestions I can give you about growing or investing your time, that precious commodity, and making yourself grow spiritually. The first thing, invest some time in prayer. And You're never going to grow spiritually stronger without spending some time with God in prayer. Just asking Him, what am I supposed to be doing? How do I do this? Give me strength to do that. Prayer, very simply. Second thing, you've got to spend time in the Word. You can do it in a lot of different ways. You can, you can read 
the Word online. You can listen to a podcast like this one. You can do it the old-fashioned way and simply read your Bible. But once again, growing requires time. you got to make the decision for time. Thirdly, you got to cultivate deep and meaningful relationships. You know, you and I need others in our life or life really isn't worth living. A guy named Franklin Field said it best when he said this, the great dividing line between success and failure in anything of importance can be expressed in these few words, I did not have the time. Wow, don't, don't look back on your life and say, I should have, I could have. I wish I had stepped out in faith when I had the time. If you sense God calling you to step out, now's the time. Today's the day. Don't, don't let it pass by. I'm, I'm telling you, your time is more precious than you can ever imagine. Third thing I want you to see about time management is you've got to manage your time ruthlessly. I read where a, a time management guru demonstrated the value of time in this pretty strange illustration, but, but it really makes sense. He was training high-level executives. And so he came into the room and he, and he placed on the table a large mouth jar, empty jar in front of these executives. Next thing he did is he, he had seven or eight kind of huge jagged rocks and he, and he put those rocks into the jar and he's, he asked his executives, is the jar full? Everybody agreed, yeah, it's full. You, you can't get any more of those rocks in the jar. And then he, he pulled out a bag of pebbles and began sifting those pebbles into the jar and he began to rock the jar around and the pebbles went around the rocks. Then he asked the same question, <clears throat> is it full? This time they didn't know what to say, so they remained silent. And so the, the management guru took out a, a bag of very fine sand and he began pouring the sand into the jar. And of course, the sand filled up the cracks around the rocks. And he said, is it full now? Some of them said yes. Others say they were afraid to answer. Then finally, he takes out a pitcher of water, pours the water into the jar until it begins to run over the lips and onto the floor, and this time he changed the question. He said, now, here's the question. What does the jar teach us about time management? One of the young executives raised his hand really quick. He said, it, it teaches us that no matter how busy you are, you can always fit one more thing in your schedule. Wrong. That's not what the trainer wanted to teach. The trainer pointed to the jar and said, here's the lesson. This is the lesson that will change your life. It's a lesson for you listening to me today. Unless you put the big rocks in first, they will never fit in at all. Let me put it another way. If you don't manage your time ruthlessly, the important things, the big things, the big rocks will always be crowded out by the smaller, insignificant things of life. So what are the important things in your life? What, what's it going to look like if you're going to say, this is one of those Big rocks. This is what's going to make my life different. Surely one of the big rocks in every life ought to be our relationship with God. We ought to be making sure that that's in, in the jar first and foremost. Each of us making sure that the big rock is really there and, and we're able to use it and have plenty of time. That, that's a big rock. Second big rock maybe have something to do with your family. How solid is your family life? How are your kids doing? How's your wife or your husband? Are you making sure that's primary? Don't let your family be secondary 
with your time. Then you got things like friends and, and business associates, maybe even your community life. Those are big rocks. And whatever these big rocks may look like in your life, once you figure them out, you've got to remember this very simple truth. God has given us a certain amount of time here on earth. And it's up to you how you spend that time. Will you invest it wisely or waste it foolishly? Won't you listen again? to what God says in Psalm 39. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. So here's your takeaway for today. Time flies, but you're the pilot. What are you going to do with the seconds that God has given to you even today? Use that time wisely. Because time is everything. Let's pray. Father, give us real wisdom to know how to make the big rocks primary in our life. Our relationship with you, our family life, our community, our friends, whatever those big rocks are, God, help us to make those priority. Let us be the pilot of our life and make wise decisions about time. Father, we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.